The scripture reading this morning is from John 20, verses 1 through 10. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying, lying there but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linens. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and he believed. They still did not understand from the scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the the disciples went back to where they were staying. Amen. Thank you, Robin. We give thanks for God's word and how it never grows old because it is a living word, a living word that is powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, a word for every generation, a word that will live on forever and ever because it is the eternal word of God. Today we are celebrating this resurrection of God's one and only Son, and his name is Jesus. How do you know that Jesus lives? Do you trust and you believe that the tomb is empty? Just think about that empty tomb. Why is this amazing? Why is this crazy hard to believe? Why is it so hard to believe some things that are in the past? Do you know that to be put into the tomb means that the individual is dead? Totally dead. Not half dead, not a little bit dead, but all the way dead. Death has happened. And as we think about that for a moment, I'm going to ask Mike to pull up a video, a real short video for us to watch this morning. As a child, you occasionally heard of this thing called death. But being so consumed with life, you never gave it a second thought. Life was life. And it was everywhere. It was in everything. You had no worries. You had no fear. Sure, there were some some tears here and there. But those tears would soon fade. And life would be life once again. But... Just as the darkness overtakes us as the the day slowly fades away, death reveals himself to you. It's easy to get caught up trying to live life, trying to do your thing. A bad decision here, an opportunity missed there, and suddenly you wake up in a place you never thought you'd be. Doing things you never thought you'd do. How did everything get upside down? You put on a smile and go about your business, masking your pain with all things artificial. But with every passing day, 
that proves harder and harder to do. Deep inside, your secrets are destroying you. Your shame is controlling you. You're dying from the inside out. Death comes for everyone, and it's never satisfying. But then, hope appears, like the, the beautiful sun rising in the dawn sky, and answer is revealed. You see, on this dirty, rugged cross, he hung and he bled for you. He took your pain, your grief, your shame. He took on death. And when he breathed his last, he said, it is finished. But for us, it's not finished. For us, death is no longer the end. Death no longer has the last word. When Jesus stepped into hell, he came back with the key. He brought death to death. He put death in his grave. What are you doing today? Are you truly living? Are you truly living or are you just existing? Are you just existing and putting on that good face? When down deep you know the decisions that you've been making, the life that you are living, wherever that may be. Everybody may see it. People may be not able to see. You may hide it really well. You may just do those things when it's only you or a few other people. But you know within you. It's not the life that you want to live. It's not the life that Christ wants you to live. It's not, it's not living, is it? It's really not living. Joy for a moment, but agony for the rest of the night. Guilt and shame and pain. The choices. The sickness. The things we bring upon ourselves. And then we go and we try to blame others. We try to put it off on neighbors or friends or our parents and grandparents. Oh, it's part of the family DNA and part of our history. Jesus says, no, it's not. Yes, it may be, but no, it doesn't have to be for any longer. This amazing, crazy, hard-to-believe historical event of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, His death, it ended in three days. Yes, it was by crucifixion, but it did not hold. The tomb did not hold the Son of God. How can we believe this? How can we understand this? Well, look more at the history. Look at what is it recorded. The Romans... The mean, the hatred, the evil Romans. Crucifixion was done, it was performed, and it was perfected throughout 500 years. People were, the Jews and other people were crucified day after day after day. Clear up until Constantine in the 4th century AD. Finally, he abolished the practice of crucifixion. Said, no more, it's done. It is also recorded and believed that in those days, that there would have been days, some days, those Romans, they hated the Jews. And the Jews hated them. But there would have been days when the Romans, and this is history, folks, crucified as many as 500 Jews per day. 
per day. Can you imagine? They probably run out tombs, right? Run out wood, run out crosses. But they take one down, put up the next one. But here we are today, as the church, as believers, as God's people, as Christians. Let's look at, out of all of those crucifixions, thousands, thousands of crucifixions, there's only been one man, one man raised from the dead. One tomb that became empty because that person came back to life and walked out of the tomb on his own accord. The stone rolled away. Only one resurrection and thousands and thousands of crucifixions. And there were eyewitnesses as well. One crucified man rose from the dead and the tomb is empty and he still lives. What is his name? Jesus. His name is Jesus. We read in Scripture, you can read the rest of John chapter 10 at some point in time. You all remember, I just highlight, the tomb, empty tomb was seen by Mary Magdalene. The empty tomb was seen by Peter and the other disciple. The empty tomb still had the grave cloths, the strips of linen lying there where Jesus had laid his body and the ones around his head and face laid right where his head had laid in that tomb. But only for a short time. Jesus is alive. He appears to Mary Magdalene. They have a conversation. Jesus appears to the disciples and they have a conversation and spend time together. Jesus appears to Thomas, the one who doubted, and they commune with each other. Jesus goes on and, pre- and appears to many, many other people. He goes on to perform many signs, miracles, healings, loving on everyone that he came in contact with. Jesus went about loving on everyone. There wasn't no stipulations. There wasn't no, come to me when you get your life in order. There wasn't no, oh man, what, what, what family is he from? Get away from them. There's none of that. It's just Jesus loving, loving, and loving on them as he has loved on us as he continues to love on us each and every day when we don't deserve to be loved on because we're mean, nasty people. Maybe not to some, but to others. Maybe not to all our family members, but to some. Some days we are worse than others. Some days we get so mean and discouraged with ourselves. We might even just cry because we're so angry and fed up with ourselves. Jesus still loves you. He loves you. The tomb, the empty tomb is a sign of love. A sign of love. A sign that God cared so much 
that his son would die for you and I and take our punishment and take our sin and death to the grave and God would bring him back. God not only loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to, but God loved his son. God loved his son even though he had once hung on the cross with the sin of the world, with your sin and my sin. Jesus was alone there for a while because God cannot look upon sin and sin cannot enter heaven and God will not be around sin. So Jesus took it all to the grave. He took death to death and sin to sin. That was buried and is still buried. The moment you say, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior and come in my heart, you're cleansed. You're cleansed just like that. If you mean it, you mean it. And this is one of those moments I want you to say what you mean and mean what you say. You may fool yourself. You may fool those around you. You may tell so many lies and untruths that you don't even know what the truth in your life is anymore, but God's going to know the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And he's going to know if you pour your heart out in a fully manner and total surrender, or if he knows you're holding back. You're holding back something for later. You know, in that back pocket, you know, later today, we're going to, you know, do this. Lord, Lord, get, get me cleaned up right over here now, Lord, but, you know, tonight, I'm still, I'm still going to go do this, or I'm going to be partaking that, or I'm going to talk to this individual, these people, I'm going to go hang with my, I'm going to go hang with my dudes, I'm going to hang with these people. But Jesus, Jesus knows if you mean it or not. And the empty tomb is that sign of love where God loved the world and he loved his son and he loves you. And Jesus became the final sacrifice for sin. There had been that tradition. They had took animals and sacrificed animals. You know, it's, that's all they ever knew. Sacrifice an animal and, and have your sins forgiven to you know, cleanse your, your, yourself, your family, your household. No longer... It's up to each individual to go to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I need you to be my Lord and Savior. Jesus, I need, need you to clean up my heart, clean up my act. I, 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 need, I need help on loving these people. I need help on loving so-and-so. I, I, I need help falling in love with, with my family. Jesus, I can't love them unless help, you help me. And he wants to help you. He wants to make you, your family, He wants to make the ministry of this church complete. Are we willing to let Him make it complete in the name of Jesus Christ? Today would be a wonderful day. It is always a wonderful day. It's great all of us come together. It's great to see our families come together. It's such an awesome, powerful unit when the whole family is, is together. It is powerful. And when the church comes together in this way, it is powerful. We have strength, victory through Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit. But when we come together as one body, that power and strength is multiplied and magnified. And it brings glory to God the Father.
So today is a wonderful day, but it would be an even better day if we all would make sure that we would all take this moment to say, Jesus, I want you all. I want all of you, Jesus. Thank you for wanting all of me, but today I want all of you. I want my heart totally cleansed. I want you to be number one in my life, the Lord and Savior. And to be Lord and Savior of life doesn't mean he's going to be one that cracks the whip and, and tries to control you and it's not going to let you have any fun. You're going to have more freedom and relief because you're not going to have all that old garbage, those old ways, because he will become your very, very bestest of friend. Jesus wants to be your best friend, but he's got to be your Lord and Savior first. Best friends can do a lot for one another, but best friends can't save each other. Jesus needs to be Lord and Savior, and then he can be your best friend. He'll, he'll be there for you. He will walk with you. He will guide you, give, give you wisdom and direction, give you all that you need. He's already given, given his life and everything that he is so that you may have everlasting life. That is the message today. The tomb is empty. Our Savior lives. And if he lives in each of us, we can do so much for our Lord and Savior. And it will be fun. It will be hard. Next 60 years will be unlike the 60 years behind us. It's going to be hard work. It's going to be many challenges. But who do we have on our side? We have the Lord on our side. We're on the winning team. We're on the winning side. So as I pray and, and we go from this place today, do you know Jesus? Have you given him the opportunity to be your Lord and Savior? Would you pray with me? Father God, as we we celebrate the resurrection of your son. The ultimate question for us to answer is, have we invited Jesus into our lives, into our heart, to be our, our all in all? Allowing him to raise us up out of the grave and death of this earthly life so that with Christ, and through Christ, filled with Christ, we too will have everlasting life. And death will have no hold on us. Because as Jesus lives, we shall live also. We thank you, Lord. I thank you for this day and I thank you for these people. As we go forth from this day, continue to protect them and bless them. And as you continue to love on them, may they love on each other. And in your name I pray. Amen. Would you stand with